Welcome to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFBA. Brought to you by EB Mobility. Here to keep you moving. For daily life, travel, or just having fun, visit GoEVMobility.com. Over the next hour, you'll be introduced to business and local leaders impacting our community. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756 or comment on Facebook at WFVA 1230. Now, the host of Town Talk, Ted Schuler. We're going to talk about uh, animal rehabbing this morning. Karen Brace is uh, back with us. We actually here, we've got Karen here. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Ted. How are you? We, I, I am fine. We have uh Three microphones and four guests, but only only one of the guests will not need a microphone. True, because you have brought along with you, and this is the first. This is uh, the, the the first time in the studio for this Nugget. Is Nugget, yes, he is six months old. He is my newest ambassador, so I thought uh, it would be fun to bring him along to terrorize you today. Yes, he is, and he is already doing that. But uh, Nugget is here, and we'll learn more about him in just a second. Also. In the studio with us is uh, is Tim O'Hara, who I just met. Tim, great to meet you. Great to meet you too, Ted. Good to have you here. You're uh, in, in, involved with the education programs, and we'll uh, hear from you during the hour. And uh, Espen, who was an apprentice, is, is also here. Espen, it's great to meet you. It's good to meet you too. Good morning. So, Karen, you have brought uh, Nugget. What's what's the story on, on Nugget, I guess, is going to be one of your, as you said, he's, he's, he's one of your ambassadors. What's, what's Nugget's story? Nugget was brought to me along with his eight siblings uh, in this past April from Stafford County Animal Control. Their mom was hit by a car and killed, so Stafford County Animal Control brought me all nine babies. They were about seven weeks old, and uh, as they started to grow, I realized that Nugget really had no interest in wilding up and being a real possum. So, obviously, we don't want to release the ones into the wild that are just super, super friendly. Yeah. uh, For a variety of reasons. So, he is going to stay and, sorry, I'm wrangling him as we speak, um, and be an ambassador along with my four girls. Why would he want to become a possum when, when he can live the lifestyle I, you know, I've considered There's that, living yeah. a lifestyle, you know, wanting to... Being one of my ambassadors. Yes. <laughs> just because, that, so does, just, to, just, to, just to sort of check up on, on, on his lifestyle, does he, does he like scrambled eggs for breakfast and some of the other things that the other ambassadors receive? Of course, yes. Grapes okay. and all the snacks. But in in my defense, I have some very, very hardworking possums. These, uh, these guys are not pets. They are animal ambassadors, as we call them. So they are specifically used to help me teach people about possums. Um, and we do, during the spring, the summer, and the fall, we do anywhere from uh, two to four programs between having them in my store two days a week mm-hmm. and then going out to schools and community groups, assisted living facilities. These guys are out uh, anywhere from two to four times a week. So they are some hardworking marsupials. I hear about these hardworking marsupials all the time, too, from people who who, who have uh, who've been part of your programs. And, and, and what a great 
I remember when all this 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 started, and this just continues to grow. And just the, just the education that you've been able to provide the community has really been valuable, Karen. Yeah, we started uh, we me and the possums uh, started awesome possums doing education with them in April of 2019, and it's you're right, just continued to grow and grow as has the cadre of ambassadors, much to my husband's chagrin. The uh, you mentioned the the store you're on uh, William Street in downtown Fredericksburg. Awesome possums. Uh, possibilities, actually. Um, yeah, I started a retail store in March of this year. It's uh, two eleven William Street. It's called Possibilities. All sorts of fun wildlife and nature related gift items. Tons of amazing local art. And uh, it is above a candy store. It's above the Sweet Sheep candy store. Mm -hmm. They have amazing fudge and house-made chocolates and all kinds of stuff. So um, such a sacrifice being above a candy store. Yes. but And you've got all kinds of, of things. And, I mean, that, that's been exciting. I mean, I, and I've heard from a lot of people who've, who've, who, uh, who really enjoy the store. store and um, that's been going. So that's been mm -hmm. exciting, too. Mm -hmm. And how have you enjoyed the store, Ted? Well, I've seen you on the street. Now, in my defense, I have, <laughs> I have seen you on right, the street right. uh, a couple of times. So <laughs> I have yet to, to make it. I had to throw you under the bus. I know. No, I, I knew that was coming. I knew that was, that was. I I knew that was coming. I am surprised at. I mean, this was this being Nuggets' first time. Nuggets very interested all the possums you brought in they all have their own personalities because some do. of them some of them just sleep this this they're, they're not used to being up at this time but nugget is just roaming around just keep him over there <laughs> you, you, you could so uh, for for people that want information about the about awesome possums or possibilities what's, what's the best way to, to find out information from you um awesome possums with a z.com that's the best way to find out about the education programs I do. You can contact me directly through the contact form on the website. Get all sorts of information about possums and why they're awesomes. When did you when did you develop this love for possums? It was totally accidentally. About six years ago, somebody brought me a box of 11 baby possums. I had been a licensed rehabber since 2011-2012 doing squirrels, bunnies, groundhogs, and uh, had never even seen a possum in real life until six years ago when 11 baby possums showed up at yeah. my doorstep. Yeah. Wow. Lots to talk about. We're going to get into uh, about the, because there, there are a lot of misconceptions people have right. and, and, and problems that, that, uh, that, that can develop when, when people want to start getting too friendly with 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 some of these animals and we will uh, we will talk about that when we come back nugget is here aspen is here tim is here and uh, karen here we're talking about animal rehabbing more on news talk 1230 wfva this is town talk on news talk 1230 wfva brought to you by eb mobility here to keep you moving for daily life travel or just having fun visit goevmobility.com miss an episode of town talk no problem just subscribe to the town talk podcast on itunes stitcher google podcasts and spotify now the host of town talk ted schubel animal rehabbing our focus this morning karen brace is here along with tim o'hara aspen is here and nugget who is a possum 
is with us. Whenever we do these shows, because Karen, you usually bring someone along. So it's always it's always interesting. I know how much you love to see the possums. I do love <laughs> to see see the possums. One of the questions that that I have and people I hear I hear more comments about shows that I do with you than probably most anything else. I think that's good. Yeah, I think that it's it's very interesting to me that that, that people remember. But people are, are interested in, in animal rehab. I mean, how does one get involved with animal rehab? And I guess that's where we sort of also draw in Aspen, who's who, who's here and, and, and an apprentice to be. How do you get to how do you get to learn how to do this kind of stuff? As Aspen was pointing out, and we can have her address it, there isn't a whole lot of information online, and I think that's probably a strategic move by the Department of Wildlife Resources, at least in Virginia. Um, they want you to reach out to a rehab or, or to reach out to them instead of possibly. See what I did there? Possibly <laughs> getting misinformation online. Like, you know, there is yeah. so much information about everything online. So the first thing you have to do is, one, um, find a rehabber in your area who works with the species that you want to work with. Now, there's rehabbers that do, you know, everything from um, reptiles to amphibians, rabies vector species, mammals, birds. So you you want to reach out to somebody who specifically works with that species. Reach out and find out if they're taking apprentices. And then that person can kind of guide you through the whole process. But essentially, once you find that person, you need to make sure that you have... I was grilling Aspen the other night. Um, you know, do you own your own home? Because if not you have to check with your landlord to make sure your landlord doesn't mind wild animals in their house. Mm. You have to have a room specifically dedicated to wildlife with a door, like a spare bedroom, an office, something like that, that locks. So uh, domestic animals, children, uh, other people do not have access to that room. You have, you can't work full time, at least outside the house, because how are you gonna feed baby animals every three, two, three, four hours if you're not home. So there's a lot of things that sort of preclude people from becoming rehabbers, which is too bad because we need rehabbers. Um, but it's definitely not for everybody. But once you kind of fit all those criteria, then you have to get six hours of continuing education. You have to be inspected by the Department of Game, the Department of Wildlife Resources. Sorry, they just changed their name and I <laughs> can't get with the program and make the change mentally. Um, once you get six hours of continuing education and you get inspected, you pass, you can apply for your permit. Then you have to work very, very closely with your sponsor, who is that licensed rehabber, for two years before you can get your own license. Once you get your permit and you, you're working with that rehabber and it, your sponsor is the one sort of responsible for helping you get set up, getting the caging, getting the supplies, getting everything that you need. Um, then you just work closely with that person and it's hands-on. Your sponsor, the, the licensed rehabber, will show you, you know, how to feed and care for and the proper husbandry of whatever species you've decided to work with. So it is a pretty lengthy process for I'll somebody. Say that their goal is to be a licensed rehabber. This is more than just, I like animals and I want to take care of them. 
And a lot of people think, uh, um, you know, even I always get, do you take volunteers? And even that is not a simple process because it's not like just going to your local animal shelter or ASPCA and filling out some paperwork mm -hmm. and maybe taking some training classes. You also, even just to volunteer with wildlife, have to be approved through this, the state of Virginia. So um, the state of Virginia is very serious about not just everybody handling wildlife. And we'll talk about some of the reasons why that is. Yeah. Now, I would never have guessed, as, as, as you, it, we've talked about this before, as, as you go through the list of, of requirements, it, it is pretty, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's very Mm -hmm. I mean, it covers a, it, it covers a lot of areas, and I guess for good reason because you're 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 talking about animals, and it shows that the that the state is serious about that. Right, exactly. So Aspen, you haven't been scared off, I guess. No, I have not. I'm very excited about this opportunity. So is this something that that as you grew up, and this is something you've always wanted to do? So I've loved animals since I can remember. Like growing up, I was always outside playing with bugs and all that stuff and so I really took a liking to reptiles um, a couple years ago and so you know I have my own reptiles and I wanted to be a wildlife rehabber when I was like 15 but you know legally I can't do that and you have to be 18 to even get an apprenticeship so I very patiently waited mm -hmm. and now I'm 18 and I'm super pumped to be here and have this experience. And when like you say Karen there, there is a need for this but there's also it's it's good that you, that you're able to to sit down with someone and, and and lay it out to say if you want to do this, there are some things that you've got to abide by. Right, and not only is it a huge time commitment for the person who's interested, but it's a huge time commitment for the rehabber. It is not easy getting somebody through all of those steps, and you know, rehab season rehabbers and wildlife centers are ridiculously busy so it, it it really takes a lot of time out of the the people at the wildlife centers and the home-based rehabbers like i am it takes a lot of time to bring somebody on so i want to make sure that whoever claims to be interested is really interested before i spend all that time with this person sometime we need to do a show with your husband because oh, I think he's, he, in some ways, Good luck he's, with that. he's the hero in all of this. I just can't imagine. He might be stretching things this. a little. <laughs> how, how many, so, as far as, how, how many animals right now are you, at this moment, rehabbing? So I have the five ambassadors, mm -hmm. who are the permanent residents. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was actually just looking at the numbers last night uh, in, in preparation for this. So... So far this year, I've taken in 29 possums, which is actually a very, very low number for me. I haven't been able to take as many because I did just start the store. So, um, you know, one of the important things of being a rehabber and an apprentice is, is knowing your limits. And you don't want to take more animals than you can realistically care for. So um, of those 29, I have Seven that still have to be released. Um, obviously, Nugget was pulled out of those those numbers, and he's not going anywhere. But his eight siblings have been released, and I've released 
um, all of the other ones so far. And we've done shows before, and I, I know one of the things when you're in, involved with rehabbing sometimes, there's the transportation to take some injured animals to some of the some right. of the and, and a lot of times where they have to be to be, be taken from around here mm-hmm. takes a while so a lot of people want to volunteer and help wildlife but either they like i said they don't own their own home and their landlord is like uh no you're not having tons of baby squirrels in my house or they work full-time or something else that prevents them from actually being a rehabber and caring for these animals but as we discussed on our last show um, that I was here with uh, a friend of mine, Lori, who is a transporter, there yeah. are many, many other ways to volunteer with wildlife. And the Wildlife Rescue League it, up in Northern Virginia, they're virtual. You can be on a committee. You can be a transporter and take these animals from a rehabber to a vet or from a vet to a rehabber or something along those lines. You can help out on the wildlife helpline taking calls and sort of helping the public figure out what to do with this animal that they've found so there's a lot of different ways to volunteer even if you can't be a rehabber because i know ted this is going to surprise you but not everybody wants these little stinky baby animals in their homes what i know it's crazy (laughs) i can't imagine Another way you can get involved is is the route that is Tim is involved with with programs and and I guess that's how you two have have uh, have collaborated on things. Exactly, Tim and I met on uh, Earth Day actually at Old Mill Park. I was doing an event there with the possums, and he came up and introduced himself and told me about the programs that he's done and said, "Hey, if you ever need help, and um, I am smart enough to never turn anybody down that offers to help." So. Uh, he has some great programs that he does, and I will shut up and let him talk about those. So talk about some of your programs, Tim. Um, so I got into doing educational programs when I lived in Nebraska. I worked for a, a place there called Fontenelle Forest Nature Center, and that was my full-time job was 40 hours a week. I was doing educational programs primarily for um, elder care facilities, nursing homes, assisted living, um, places like that. So when we moved here to, to Fredericksburg, uh, I started my own business called Dispatches from the Forest because um, I had found out nobody was doing that kind of thing. Nobody was offering those types of programs. Um, so I st- started my own business and started offering those, those types of programs, educational programs on just a variety of topics. Anything that I'm kind of a nature nerd, so anything that I thought would be interesting, I'd research it, create yeah. a, a program to to share with others and then market myself out doing that so so who do you do programs for primarily um i market myself out to like assisted living nursing home type facilities they book me to come in as part of their their entertainment uh budget programs um and and it's great because a lot of those folks you know when they were younger they loved to be out in nature they have great stories to share great experiences and they just physically can't get out into nature the way they used to so they sure. really enjoy coming and and hearing about it and seeing things and and sharing their experiences with me as well um, so my my wife um kind of like karen's husband has put up with a lot because <laughs> When I worked for the Nature Center, I had access to skulls and pelts and all that kind of fun stuff. 
Um, but now that I'm on my own, I have to do all that myself. Um, and you do actually have to have a salvage permit to pick up roadkill. Believe it or not, roadkill is not free for the taking. Seriously. Yeah. Unless you're a vulture. Unless you're a vulture. Um, but yeah, you have to have, it's called a salvage permit. And it has to be for educational or scientific purposes. Okay. And anything bird related requires an additional federal permit, uh, a federal wild, uh, migratory bird salvage permit. So I, I've got both of those. And so occasionally I warn my wife that if she goes into the spare fridge in the basement, <laughs> there may or may not be something dead in there waiting for me to process. So, <laughs> Wow. Well, do, you have, do you have certain programs that are your favorites? Um, yeah, I've, I actually have created a couple of programs on kind of these underappreciated animals like squirrels and deer and possums and skunks. Underappreciated. Yeah, because they're, they're amazing animals and there's, we kind of think we know everything you like squirrels, you know, big oh, deal, yeah. they're squirrels, how exciting can they be? But Come they, take them out of my neighborhood. They please. really have some amazing <laughs> abilities that most people don't realize. So it's really, yeah, really. Like, squirrels don't forget where they hide their nuts. Sometimes they do. They actually, no, they don't. They actually sort their nuts. They have a, they use mnemonic devices to remember where they put them. They, they sort them into different areas. Huh. okay. Um, it's just some sprout before they get back to them. Because like any, any hoarder, they cash way more than they can possibly use through the winter as, a, as an insurance. And... So sometimes they just sprout before they get back, but they remember where they put them all. You said um, dispatches from the forest. You yep. said is the name. Dispatches. If someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, um, I'm on Facebook. Dispatches okay. from the forest. forest. Um, my email address is dispatchesfromtheforest at gmail .com. Okay. Um, and I also do a podcast, so I'm going to throw a plug in for that. Um, <laughs> dispatches from the forest. Um, the podcast available wherever you get any podcasts. So. Interesting, and you have you're wearing uh, you're you're wearing a possum shirt this morning, yeah. so you fit right into this conversation that I bought at Possibilities. There are some speaking of possum possibilities. Uh, again, that is on William Street in downtown Fredericksburg. It's uh, above the candy shop. It's right over there by um, by Market Square. River Rock is there, and the same. In that in, in in that in that same uh, in that same neighborhood, and if you're you're interested in, uh, in 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 animals and a lot of things that we're talking about today, check out uh, possibilities in downtown Fredericksburg. Karen Bryce here, Tim O'Hara here, Aspen is here, and a Nugget who is a possum is here this morning. We have uh, retired or reti Nugget is resting in uh, a. Um, well, I'm thinking that that you looked at me funny. I am thinking that that Nugget retired for the morning to sort of maybe rest that was where i was using the retired term. nugget retired temporarily because he was being obnoxious yeah, and driving was. me crazy yes he was <laughs> more coming up on news talk 12 30 wf here we're gonna get into some some things because there are a lot of misconceptions karen and in a, in a lot of areas where a lot of us think i know how to do things and there are things that we don't know and there are things uh, legally we can't be doing and we're going to talk about that when we come back on News Talk 1230 WFEA, it's 831. I uh, had the radio on. I'm listening to Talk Done Right. News Talk 1230 WFBA Fredericksburg, a centennial broadcasting station. Welcome back to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFBA. Brought to you by EV Mobility, here to keep you moving for daily life 
travel, or just having fun, visit GoEVMobility.com. You can weigh in about today's Town Talk topic on Facebook at WFVA 1230. Now, your host, Ted Schubel. There is never a dull moment when Karen Brace is here. She has brought along Nugget, who is an ambassador, an ambassador possum. Tim O'Hara is here. He's uh, he's with uh, Dispatches from the Forest. He is in, uh, does uh, education programs. And uh, Aspen is here, an apprentice-to-be in, uh, in in all of this. Karen, we, we talk about this in... in, in this you set this up really well a few minutes ago in talking about just the, the just the requirements that the state has there are a lot of, and, and usually there's not a show goes by that, that you and I do that I'd learn something about that, 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 that you can't do this or that with with animals mm-hmm. there really are a lot of, of, of guidelines in place uh, in in this area by the state it's not it's not just you know, do what you can to to help the animals. There really are some some laws right. in place. And the the main one, the main law, the Code of Virginia, um, which deals with wildlife rehab, talks about um, that wild birds, animals, and fish are the property of the Commonwealth of Virginia. And may only be, um, you know, cared for by licensed people. It is illegal to take or possess or sell or purchase or transport or import any native wild animal from the state of Virginia. So um, I thought that's why it would be good to talk about that today because every time I do a program Mm -hmm. with one of the ambassadors or I have one in the store and, you know, I'm I'm holding them, people come up to me and they said, oh, I I didn't know you could have possums as pets. And you cannot. So those of us who do education programs with animals – walk a really fine line you know i want to show people that possums are not the vicious aggressive animals that you think you have in your yard they're fairly docile animals but i also have a, a responsibility to to let those people know that they you know even though i'm i'm holding nugget or i'm holding one of the ambassadors um and teaching people about them that they should not be pets. Not only is it illegal in the state of Virginia, as I mentioned, to have any wild animal as a pet, but there's also some very, very valid reasons why you should not um, have these animals as pets. Well, and you set it up well in just the the the, the, the training and the license, the licensure that you have to have to do this. You can do this, mm-hmm. but but I can't. And a lot of people say, oh, my God, the state of Virginia is so restrictive. I hear it even sometimes from fellow rehabbers. There's things that as rehabbers we can't do. And whereas some of the laws may seem a little restrictive or unnecessary, I try to look at it from the point of view not only of as a rehabber, but also what is the reason behind that law? And I work with several different wildlife vets, and they all have different perspectives. So I always try to see everybody's perspective, um, which is 
sometimes tricky, but I think it's important to you know really understand because we all work together. Mm-hmm. The the people who do the permits, the conservation police officers who used to be called game wardens, the uh, rehabbers, the animal control folks, the public and wildlife vets. We all work together. And even though we all want what's best for that animal, we're all human beings. We're all looking at animal welfare from different points of view, and sometimes it gets a little snarly. Well, it does. It does. I mean, it, I think back to the to the story that, that that we often talk about around the holidays of how you put a wreath up, and a mm-hmm. bird makes a nest in that in in, in that wreath, and, and you're limited to what you can do in, with something like that. Right, and those are usually Carolina wrens. They make their their uh, nests in the damnedest of places, most inconvenient places. And um, according to the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, it is illegal to remove the nest if there's eggs in it. Now, if you see the, the wren or any other bird making a nest, you can remove the nest. But once there's eggs in it, you are federally prohibited from removing that nest because hmm. those birds are protected so if i have what what about if i have a nest say in a bush same and, thing same thing if it's just a nest you can remove it as soon as there's eggs i have a uh, a big big christmas cactus out on my front porch and uh i noticed about a week ago two weeks ago now i guess that a wren had built a nest in it and i looked in sure enough there was eggs yeah so now i have four of the ugliest baby birds in that nest right now <laughs> baby birds are so ugly um and they're likely loud yeah, well they're just little naked weird looking okay. things with gigantic beaks right now but <laughs> um so i'm stuck i'm a bird grandmother for the next few weeks until they grow up fledge and take off and as soon as they do I'm going to take that nest out, and that mama bird's going to build another one. Interesting. So it's the eggs. Be, be careful about that. Yep. Do you have Do you have stories of, of, of people that do decide they 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 see you? They say, "Oh well, you know that 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 lady has has a possum. We'll just keep these possums." And I can see where where things can develop of where all of a sudden you're taking care of them, and then you can't take care of them, and then what do you do? So I don't know anybody specifically who has seen me and thought, oh, hey, she's doing it because I always tell people, yeah, this is not a pet. And I explain that even though I'm already a licensed rehabber, in order to keep and, quote, exhibit these animals, I had to go through extra state and federal licensing. In fact, just yesterday, uh, I'm at the store. I get a call from the uh, USDA inspector, who is the USDA that issues our federal permits to have these animals. She's like, hey, I'm at your house, here to do your yearly unannounced inspection. Um, I was at the store, so I said, you know, I know you came all the way from Richmond, so um, I talked to my husband, I told him where all my paperwork was, and he showed her the animals in the enclosures, and um so they really do check they really really do covid has kind of screwed some things up there but um yeah unannounced yesterday out of the blue and they have every right yeah to do that as does the department of wildlife resources 
if they get a call that a person has a XYZ animal, the as I mentioned, wild animals and in Virginia are the, considered the property of the Commonwealth. So they have every right to go in. They do not need a search warrant, um, which a lot of people think they do. They do not. No, they're just checking on. You're, you're you've got a license, or are you doing what yep. you've? But you if s- they get uh, a call that you know Joe Public has xyz that they shouldn't have they can go in and confiscate that animal in fact that just happened um around here in the you know within a 60 mile radius i'm not going to say where yeah um a young lady had found a baby possum last year had raised it um it it's about a little over a year old somebody found out about it called the department of game on her and they came about three weeks ago and confiscated it. Um, as far as I know, the animal is okay and is being held at a wildlife center. She is devastated. So yeah. there's that point of view. This is, you know, her her baby for the last year. And, you know, she was taking really good care of it. But it does not matter. That the, that wild animal, you are n- do not have a permit or a license to um, to have that animal. And any animal that has been held by a member of the public for over 30 days, according to the state of Virginia, cannot be released. So if that animal cannot go to either a permitted rehabber like me or a wildlife center, so, you know, basically that animal has to go somewhere. And if there is nowhere for that animal to go, it has to be euthanized. So, so many times, it's the animal that, that pays the price. Um, and that just happened three weeks ago. And it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know? It's heartbreaking for those of us who have to watch yet another animal suffer. I get animals at least once, twice a year that people find, usually squirrels or possums, sometimes bunnies. They try to take care of it. By the time they realize that things are going downhill and they reach out to a rehab or a wildlife center and they turn the animal over to us, all we can do is watch that animal, you know, watch it suffer and try to keep it comfortable until it dies. So it's just every single year, over and over and over, this happens. So there's these rules in place for a reason. Yeah, for, for definitely for a reason. So if I find something... And uh, if I find an animal, what what's kind of the, what's the process that I, I should go through? You know, my answer to most of these things are it depends. It depends always. Yeah. You know, it, it depends on the situation. It the best thing to do. I always refer people to if they you know, if they reach out to me, I'll ask them, you know, 100 questions um, because it really does depend. But if you find an animal and you don't know where to turn, what to do with it. The best advice I can give is reach out to the Wildlife Rescue League helpline, which is 703-440-0800. You can also go on the Department of Wildlife Resources, and you can look up, if you're in Virginia, you can look up a rehabber by county and reach out to that person. A lot of times, um, especially in the spring, we get um, fawns that are not abandoned mom watches them 
We get bunnies that are not abandoned. Mom, mama bunnies go morning and night to feed them, and then they leave the, the, the babies alone during the day. We get a lot of animals that people think are abandoned, like fledgling birds. You know, I, I have this little baby bird hopping around on the ground, and what do I do with it? And it's really easy to uh, animal nap these little critters when really they should just be left alone. Nobody can care for them like their mom. Yeah. We can raise these animals, we can release them, but no matter what we do as human beings, we are not gonna do as good of a job as their mom. So in a lot of cases, leave them alone is the answer. I had somebody reach out a few years ago, all excited and, and worried. I, she found a, a box turtle hatchling. What do I do with it? And she was panicking. And I said, put it back in your yard. But it's you know the size of a quarter and its mom is gone. And I said, just stop and think about this for a second. When is the last time you saw a turtle nurse? They don't. Hatchling, turtle hatchlings are on their own from the second they're born. Moms do not nurse. Put it back. It'll do its turtle thing. It'll be fine. But as humans, we see those yeah. babies and we want to help. And I try to never fault people for that. But with wild animals, you're out of your league. You know? Yeah. If I touch it, does that does that mean that the mother won't be interested in it? No. Uh, especially with mammals. Birds don't have a sense of smell. So if you find a baby bird that needs to go back in the nest and you can get it in the nest safely, mm -hmm. pop that little bugger back in there. Birds don't have a sense of smell. They're never going to know. Bunnies, squirrels. We've had multiple, multiple cases where people have returned the bunnies to the nest they have put the squirrels out mom has come to get them most wild animals are really good moms they want those babies back they're going to take them back the wildlife rescue league again that number you gave is what 703-440-0800 703-440-0800 karen brace here tim o'hara here nugget is here aspen is here Quick break. We'll wrap it up on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Opinions. We've all got them. And we'd like to hear yours on Town Talk. Brought to you by EV Mobility. Here to keep you moving. For daily life, travel, or just having fun, visit GoEVMobility.com. Text the studio now at 540-371-5756. Here's the host of Town Talk. We're talking uh, animal rehabbing this morning. Karen Brace here and friends. Before we get out of here, diseases, Karen. Let's talk Let's talk diseases on a Friday morning. What a great way to end the show. Ted. Yes. Thank you. So as I mentioned, um, I reached out to, you know, several different people to get information, quality, reliable information. And Jen from, uh, Dr. Jen, vet up at Blue Ridge Wildlife Center, asked me to point out um, that wildlife have a lot of things, of bacteria, diseases, things in them that can be transferred to human. Uh, they're called zoonotic diseases. So they can have rabies. They can have tuberculosis, tularemia, salmonella, um, fleas and ticks, obviously. And, you know, fleas and ticks can carry an entire host of nasty nasty things with them 
Uh, parvo and distemper from raccoons are not zoonotic, but they can be extremely dangerous to unvaccinated pets. Mange as well from raccoons and foxes. So if, you know, you're finding these baby animals and, oh, they're cute, they're cuddly and they need help and I'm going to bring it in and, and love it and hug it and call it George and raise it and it's going to be my pet and sleep in my bed and all sorts of things that I've heard, uh, not a good idea if for no other reason than they can have all kinds of yucky, yucky things. So you have to be very, very careful. And that's another reason that these laws are in place because as a wildlife rehabber, you know, we're told wear gloves, you know, clean your areas and be be very careful with your animal husbandry. So, you know, I mean, all animals, including us, have bacteria and things like that. You just have to be very careful. One thing that I especially want to point out is everybody loves baby raccoons and they like to feed raccoons and you have raccoons coming up on your porch and oh, they like little peanut butter sandwiches and I can hand feed them every night. Raccoons have a, a version, their own very special version of roundworm called, it's got a big long um, fancy name, Bayless Ascaris, but it's basically raccoon roundworm. It's nasty. If a human or other animal gets it, the roundworm has a very um, a predilection for nervous tissue. And it tends, it's looking for the intestine of a raccoon. But if it gets in a non-raccoon animal, it tends to go to the brain. Our brain, potentially. And it cut holes, it cuts holes in the, through the brain in the process of looking for yeah, it's disgusting. Where the the raccoon intestine, so it can get into our brain. Yeah, these holes that it's caught that it causes can cause a variety of neurological signs depending on where the larval tracts are. So it can cause blindness, severe disability, and even death. So be heck, careful. Heck of a way to end the show. Right. But um, you know, please just know that keeping wildlife as pets or or even keeping them with the intent on releasing them it's not good for the animal it can potentially not be good for the human any pets that are in the house and it is illegal the department of wildlife resources has the discretion to to charge somebody um you can get a a fine of up to 250 dollars it is if you are caught, it is a class three misdemeanor to possess wildlife without a permit. Um, again, we talked about any animal that's kept by a non-permitted person for over 30 days cannot be returned to the wild. So it, it may be euthanized. Um, you know, it's, it's serious and especially repeat offenders. The, the fines and the charges go up if you are caught more than once with these animals but you know just from the point of view of the animal mm -hmm. you know you're not going to take your dog to somebody who is not licensed to treat dogs you're not going to you know take your dog to a dentist to get a human dentist for you know the treatment of cancer in your dog yeah so wildlife needs to go to the proper place for care we're out of time, unfortunately. Good stuff, Karen Brace. Thank you. This uh, shows I me mean, to see 
learn what you're what what you're dealing with and there 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 are Absolutely. there are things in place karen thank you always good to see you we'll Thanks, see Ted. you soon tim o'hara great to meet you tim thank again you, it's Ted. dispatches from the forest yes sir and uh we'll we'll do more with you aspen good luck with you and uh, be as thank an you, apprentice to be and nugget it was good to meet nugget thanks for thank listening you to town talk on news talk 1230 wfea brought to you by eb mobility here to keep you moving for daily life travel or just having fun visit goevmobility.com the views expressed by the host and guests on this program are their own and not necessarily those of this station its management or centennial broadcasting hear town talk anytime by subscribing to the town talk podcast on itunes stitcher google podcasts and spotify the glenn beck program is next on news talk 1230 wfba